This is Up Too Late, and I'm your host, Teresa Zoe Williams. Yay! Life is all about loving each other and having fun. So tonight, I have a special guest, Jennifer Ramirez, co-founder of the ministry Joyful Like Maggie, on the show later. Welcome to the show! If you become my supporter on Patreon in June at any tier, you will be eligible to receive a free holy card of your choice from the Modern Saints. Check out Gracie's work at themodernsaints.com and become a Zoeastrian at patreon.com slash Teresa Zoe. This week for the drink of the week, I'm shotgunning energy drinks. I'm currently drinking my most favorite energy drink, a Pacific Punch Monster. It's maybe my favorite only because I miss California so freaking much. I'm staring at a picture of Dodger Stadium right above my laptop right now. Anyway, whatever, I'm up too late. Pinkies out, brah. All right, now I'm pleased to welcome our special guest tonight, Jennifer Ramirez. Jennifer is a mom of seven, two of whom are in heaven, and she is the co-founder of Joyful Like Maggie, a ministry dedicated to helping others find joy in the midst of suffering. JLM is named for her beautiful daughter, Maggie, who died of a brain tumor at almost 11 years old. So today we are all on Team Donut Dogs. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Um, when you reached out and said you'd like to have me on, I was like, wait, late night comedy stuff? Yes, <laughs> nobody's ever asked me before. This sounds awesome. <laughs> Perfect. I think everyone deserves some late night comedy in their life. So I hope we deliver. Yes. I know. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not guaranteeing that this will be funny, but <laughs> I'm all <Yeah>. on board. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll just stumble around a lot and that'll make people yes. laugh. Make sure to let me know how this goes, guys. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your Maggie and then Joyful Like Maggie um, and where we can find you and it? Yep, absolutely. So one of the reasons that I'm really grateful you asked me um, to come on the show is because, you know, I've been invited to other podcasts before and none of them have been, you know, comedy based. Um, You know, everybody wants to know the story, want to know about Maggie. They want to know, you know, what we've been through, what we're going through. But I've never laughed a lot on those podcasts. And mm-hmm. I think it's so important to, to, to know that in the midst of really deep suffering and loss and darkness, that there are going to be moments of laughter and times when, not that you forget that you're suffering, but times when you're able to just um, just really feel happiness. And, and those moments for me are pretty rare. Um, but anyway, I'm just, I'm grateful to be on here because I think it's just an important lesson and and thing for people to to see that we can laugh and feel some happiness and we don't have to feel guilty over that even in the midst of really deep darkness. So um, Maggie um, died just a few days about, it was 13 days before her 11th birthday. She had a brain tumor that we were not aware of. Um, We had all got a virus and the family got sick. You know how it is with a bunch of kids, like, you know, (laughs) just run the way through everybody sometimes twice. 
And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we all got sick. Maggie got sick the same day my oldest daughter did. So I didn't really think anything of it. And a week later, everyone started getting better and she was not, she was losing weight and not able to hold things down. So we actually took her to the ER. The doctor was like, Hey, you know, sometimes when a virus hits the home, we just need to, um, you know, moms just need a little extra support. So they gave her some medication, made sure she could hold food down, sent her home. And the nurse just grabbed my arm on the way out. And he said, kind of low, he said, you know, he said, hey, if if she's not better in the next few days, he said, why don't you run her over to Children's in Plano? And um, he said, you know, they have other tests they can run for kids that we don't, that we don't run here. So um, a few days later, you know, it was a Saturday, that was a Friday. So she started getting what we thought better over the week. She was doing well. She was holding food down. She was eating again, but she was still very, very skinny. And she was, <clears throat> excuse me, she was starting to sleep a lot in the afternoons. And so that Saturday she came in, she was crying. She said, my head hurts really, really bad. And I don't know what, I don't know what to do. And I told her, grab your shoes. We're going to the, we're going to go to children's Plano. I just immediately, that nurse's words just popped in my head. Yeah. The drive was about 14 minutes long and it was actually on the way there while I was driving her that her body actually started shutting down. Like she couldn't see anything. She didn't have control of her limbs. I mean, it was really, she started trying like hyperventilating because she was scared. So, I mean, thank God I was able to just keep my composure and help her not to be afraid. And, um, I just kept her calm and helped her get her breathing back under control by the time we got to the hospital, she had a massive seizure within about 10 minutes of us getting there. Oh um, and she died the next day. So it was less than um, 24 hours from the time I rushed her there to the time that she died. So it was just very, um, very, very sudden, very obviously very traumatic. Probably no need to even say that. Um, and it was just a horrific experience. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> we have just found so much of God's grace within um, this suffering and even in that hospital room and the Holy Spirit moved in a mighty way so that we could respond um, with faith and with love of God. Uh, and, you know, it's like my husband and I had to look at each other and we had to say out loud, do we still believe what we've said we believe our whole lives? Like, do we believe that Jesus raised from the dead? Yes or no? We looked at each other and we said, we do believe like that's what we believe. Jesus conquered the tomb. He's conquered the grave and the devil has no power over us here. And so the truth of it is, is that <clears throat> that's how we've been trying to live our lives. We tried to live our lives like that before, but it's even been, I think, more powerful for us um, since helping sure. Maggie walk to that other side yeah. um, and walk around the corner. Because of our daughter's faith in Christ, um, we have just been moved to create a ministry in her honor. It's called Joyful Like Maggie. Um, and our goal is to help people who are suffering, to be able to walk in that suffering and really build a real relationship with Christ, like really understand his love, really know that his presence is with them, even when they can't feel it. Yeah. So we want to move away from pain, but the grieving person, or not, even if you're not grieving, even if you're just straight out suffering, you can't yeah. really get away from that pain. Right. right. Um, whether it's like, I'm struggling with postpartum depression because I just had a baby and I'm, and I'm suffering in that way, or I'm suffering because I feel stuck at home or I'm suffering because I feel stuck at work or whatever it might be. Like there's all these different ways that we as human beings suffer and we want to get away from it so badly. And that's just not reality. That's not, that's not really what we're able to do in those moments. Um, right. and especially when it's something deep, like death, like there is no recovery from that. You can't get your person back. It's over. We do. So it's actually, it's interesting. I've got a little story I can tell you. So a friend of mine was at a wake, um, maybe a week and a half ago or so. 
And she sent me um, a message after the wake. She's like, you'll never guess what happened while I was here. I was like, what happened? She said, I'm standing there talking to these two ladies. And one of them said, it was something like, we need to make sure that the grieving person, whoever it was they were talking about, gets water. I learned that from this lady who runs this ministry called Joyful Like Maggie. And I was like, oh my goodness, that was, that's been one of my things. Like I tell people like, what do you do when someone's grieving? I'm like, you know what, especially when it's a child, they don't usually, I I couldn't even remember to drink water. My husband had to make sure that I drank it. If he, and so I've talked about that in the past and at this wake that I don't know those, I don't know those people. I don't know who she was talking about but they were able to help that grieving person and say, here's a bottle of water, drink this. And it's just so simple, but no cliche was needed. Nobody, she, they didn't need to tell her, you know, oh, this person is in heaven because God wanted him or her more. Like, you don't need to say things like that. Hand them a bottle of water, meet their physical needs, sit there with them while they cry, like be with them. I think we really underestimate the importance, the spiritual importance of meeting each other's physical needs. If we take care of our physical bodies, we can take care of our souls much easier, so much easier. And, and because we're a body soul composite, you know, helping the physical body helps the spiritual body. Yes. That's such a good one. They're all one. Um, People just don't, they don't realize that we're not eating, that we're not drinking, that we're not. Right. I, I didn't sleep, you know, the first, the first two weeks I was up all day and all night. Like I didn't yeah. sleep at all. I couldn't. Oh, gosh, and I then I, and then I, I averaged maybe three hours of sleep a night for the first year. So and many of your physical sensations and your physical yes. understanding. Your yeah. Just all the physical things fade away in this mm-hmm. type of grief because they don't matter anymore. That's what you feel like. They don't matter. Right. Like I just kept, but man, you just forget about this physical world for a while because everything it's like that bell is pulled back just a little bit and you're able to peek in there and you know, your kid is there, but you can't quite see what's going on. So you just hover there. That's how I felt for yeah. the first year. I, felt like I was hovering in between heaven and earth. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what I, I believe in the Eucharist. I believe that this is really and truly the physical body and blood of Jesus Christ, but to then experience it after you've been so close to heaven is just so very different. Yes. But I want other people to know this love that Christ has for them, like what he offers them, even in the midst of their darkness and suffering. And that's really what Joyful Like Maggie is about. My daughter was very, very joy-filled. She was and is like just such an inspiration of joy and courage, um, of, of faith in the midst of everything. I mean, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us himself, you know, in order to enter the kingdom, you have to be like this child. And he doesn't grab like some kid that's like super special and has all these superpowers. And he grabs a little kid out of the, out of the group, like just grabs one, puts him in the middle of the apostles and says, be like this kid, or you can't enter heaven. That's what he's telling him. Just this normal little child who had just been running around and playing. Yeah, exactly. And one of my favorite saints is blessed Chiara Luce Badano. And she was such a normal, just a normal teenager. She did normal kid things. She had normal sized dreams and career goals and things like that. And yet interiorly, she had this deep faith that, you know, flew out of her and into all of these Mm -hmm. little, very, very normal things. And From what I know of Maggie, what you've shared um, on your social media, and we're friends, so personally as well, um, (laughs) Maggie is the same way. Like she was a normal person, just filled with this love and exuberance and joy Mm -hmm. that just couldn't, 
couldn't be contained. It had to spill out into the world. And I feel it's still spilling out into the world. And I think Joyful Like Maggie is a a great vehicle for that. Um, Where can everybody find uh, Joyful Like Maggie or find out more about Magdalene Therese Ramirez? Yeah, so we have a website. It's really simple. It's just joyfullikemaggie.com. You can find out about us there. Um, I'm on Facebook. All of my posts at this point are public because so many people have friend requested me. So I'm like, well, let's just make it all public. (laughs) And I'm Jennifer with one N, last name Ramirez. Um, And you can find us on Instagram at joyfullikemaggie. So it should be simple enough to find us. And also people can use the hashtag, hashtag joyfullikemaggie and find us on different platforms. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) And Maggie, I hope we're making you proud. Um, If you want to find Jennifer, she lets you know where you can, but also check the show notes. Um, I will have all the links there as well. Um, and a special link, I will link to like a bio about Maggie herself as well, because you, well, thank you so much, Jennifer. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I, I'm just, I'm really grateful to be able to talk about Maggie. And um, again, like what an, what a great thing to be able to laugh and cry in the same show. So yeah. yeah. Amen. Maggie loved donuts, so for this week's top 10, I asked Jennifer for her family's 10 favorite kinds of donuts, and then I ranked them according to what I like best. So here are your top 10 donut flavors ever. At number 10 is plain cake donuts. I just cannot endorse this. As a white woman, I'm already plain enough. Number 9 is plain donut holes. Being holes instead of donuts make these a little more interesting. Interesting like a white woman dyeing her hair blonde. Not that I've ever done that. Coming in at number eight is sour cream. I have never had this kind, but the only things I like sour cream on are potatoes and tacos. But they're more interesting than plain donuts, even if the thought kind of does gross me out. Like the boy called Rat in high school creeped me out. Number seven, though, is glazed donuts. Simple and yummy. Sometimes the simple things are the best things, like a white lady's living in suburbia, her natural habitat. But coming in at number six is chocolate donut holes. Once you go chocolate, you don't go back. At number five is chocolate cake donuts. Ditto. I mean, there's there's just more of this to love, which is what I tell myself when I look in the mirror. Fat bottom girls make the rockin' world go round. Okay, okay. At number four is chocolate glazed. I told you, once you go chocolate, you don't go back. You just want more. Give me all the chocolate. Okay, coming in at number three. We're getting serious now. Is eclairs with cream. I love filled donuts. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I don't think you're ready. Okay, at number two is blueberry cake donuts. I know I said once you go chocolate, you don't go back, but there's an exception to every rule. And with these, I can tell myself I'm being healthy because there's fruit in them. Win-win, except for my waistline. Fat bottom girls make the rockin' world go round. And finally, the number one donut ever is chocolate with pinkles. 
There are two reasons this one won. First, because chocolate and sprinkles is the best combination ever. And second, because of the sweet little kid voice. Too sugary sweet. Chocolate with pinkles. I love it. I love it so much. And I love you. And that's your top ten. So everyone, I have a great extra special treat for you today. My friend from high school, actually, we did theater productions together in our tiny hometown. Dan Winston is here to play a couple songs for us tonight. Um, The first one is about his dad, who unfortunately passed away um, not too long ago, and he's sharing it with us for this Father's Day weekend. So Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing these things with us. Thank you, Teresa. Um, As you know, I'm a Big fan. I can't say long time listener, but I'd say short time listener. No and one's all a the way through. Yet. <laughs> well, I've listened all the way through. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm an elementary teacher and I have been on summer break for a week and a half. So that's what I've been doing for my summer break is just, uh, you know, shotgunning your, your podcast too late. so far. You're, be, you're staying up too late, listening to up too late. Every night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an ideal listener. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for doing the podcast and thank you for inviting me. I'm very yeah, excited. Thank you so much for, for coming on. All right, Dan, take it away. Okay. Um, so yeah, this song uh, is called Unexpected Morning. And uh, like Teresa said, this is um, a song that I wrote for my dad uh, in the days following his passing. And it's based on just um, the things that people said to me during those um, first, you know, 72 hours or so, and just all of the thoughts that I was having. So, and uh, I apologize for the audio quality. I don't have a good microphone. So. I didn't expect to see the sun come up today With golden light adorning When I woke to see it rising, shining Well, I guess I understand why this is called the morning For blankets deep, but I can't get warm When I close my eyes I see you clearly I cannot explain it, but I know I'm not alone I feel you standing near me I miss you more right now than I thought that I could. Wish that someone had some words of comfort for me. Yeah, I know that you would. 
I've heard so many apologies from well-meaning friends. But none of them do anything to make my soul demand. Not sure if I believe in heaven, but I know you do. So I'm happy for you. I hope that you can know all of the love we have for you from where you are. We'll send it through. miss you more right now than I thought that I could. Wish that someone had some words of comfort for me. Yeah, I know that you would. I've heard so many apologies from well-meaning friends But none of them do anything to make my soul demand of me are the parts I got from you and all the other parts are the parts I'm trying to change all the best parts of me are the parts I got from you and all the other parts are the parts I'm trying to change all the best parts of me all the parts I got from you And all the other parts are the parts I'm trying to change All the best parts of me Are the parts I got from you And all the other parts are the parts I'm trying to change All the best parts of me Are the parts I got from you all the other parts are the parts I'm trying to change. All the best parts of me are the parts I got from you. And all the other parts are the parts I'm trying to change. Yeah, thank you so much for playing for us tonight. Um, I really, I really love your music. Can you tell us where, if people want to listen to your songs, where they can find them? 
Sure. Uh, so I'm playing solo uh, tonight um, for this podcast, but normally by I perform request. with by request. Yes. Um, but normally I play with three immensely talented and uh, if I may say so handsome uh, other <laughs> individuals. And the four of us collectively are known as master of the universe. Um, read into that what you will. And uh, I read He-Man into it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we have a SoundCloud. Uh, so if you download SoundCloud uh, or if you just go to soundcloud.com and you search for master of the universe, all one word, no spaces, um, then we are the first ones that pop up. And we've got, I don't know, what would you say? A couple dozen songs up there? Yeah, now? at um, least. So, yeah. Yeah. And they're all really fun and really great. Um, and yeah. links for Dan's music will also be in the show notes. So check those. Dan, thank you so much. Crawford County, Pennsylvania, represent. Represent. Woo! That's right. 814. <laughs> a big thanks to Dan Winston for playing for us tonight. Dan also played a second song for us that you can find on patreon.com slash Teresa Zoe. And finally, for our weird saint of the week, it's Maggie's favorite, St. Joan of Arc. Joan was freaking weird, guys. Like, yeah, she dressed as a man, but I've done that too, several times. I've even had a beard. And there's nothing weird about going into battle. So why is Joan so weird? Okay, let's start with her vision of St. Michael the the Archangel, St. Margaret of Antioch, and St. Catherine of Alexandria, telling her to go to war to support Charles VII to get France back from English domination. Okay? Why the heck would other saints care? Okay, and those saints are pretty weird, too. Like, if you look into their stories, which maybe we'll do on another episode of this show, those three are weirdos also. Okay, so there's that. But even weirder is that Joan was only about 13 when she received these visions. When I was 13, I was worried I'd spontaneously combust. So, like... 13-year-olds are absolutely nuts to begin with. So then Joan dressed as a man and went into battle. And the French were losing really badly. Like, really, really badly. Until Joan stepped onto the scene. But then Joan helped the French army explode and they defeated the English. But she was captured by English sympathizers, charged with cross-dressing. I'm sorry. Armor is pretty masculine looking, like you just can't get around it. Maybe, though, we could if we changed what we thought masculine and feminine mean and look like. But anyway, then Joan was tried for heresy, even though that was complete bullshit. And in the end, Joan was burned at the stake at the age of 19. 19! I was like flirting with boys at 19 or trying to and dressing up as a lamb and running around Franciscan's campus. Oh my goodness. She was burned at the stake. The church later apologized and canonized her. So we celebrate Joan on May 30th. My one beef with her is that she's often depicted as pretty butch 
and I'd like to see her portrayed as womanly in her armor. Someone get on this! Thanks everyone for joining me tonight for another episode of Up Too Late. This is a Grexley podcast. Find other cool shows like St. Dymphna's Playbook at grexley.com. Don't forget, as part of our Summer Light Up the Night series, if you become my supporter on Patreon this month, you'll receive a free prayer card of your choice from the Modern Saints. So join today at patreon.com slash Zoe. Also on Patreon, Jennifer and I played a game that I lost really badly, and Dan played a second song. There are so many reasons to become a Zoeastrian! Special thanks tonight to Jennifer Ramirez and Dan Winston for joining me, and a special shout out to my dad and my husband. Happy Father's Day, guys! You can always find me on Twitter at Teresa Zoe and on Instagram and Facebook at Teresa Zoe Williams. Get on your backs and ride! God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand, and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep!